So, we thought uh, for this week we might uh, refocus ourselves a little bit. Uh, we've been doing the Bible in 10, and uh, it was a great series to do, and today we're going to be thinking about Jesus is better. I reckon we live in one of the nicest parts of the world, don't we? Uh, Evans is gorgeous. Uh, it's a great place. Lots of people move here uh, because they believe it's going to be a great place to live. It's going to be a comfortable place to live. Lots of people come here because uh, of the pleasure that they think that this place will bring uh, with its beauty and its seascape and all the things that we can do here. Uh, people move here and live here because they think they're going to bring going to be the place that we're going to find happiness and that's what we're going to get when we come to this place but it's not always like that is it uh, this is a guy by the name of Sam Chan some of you might know Sam Sam spoke at the North Coast Christian Convention uh, a few years ago and Les and I went down to a conference just recently in Sydney and Sam was one of the speakers uh, he wasn't standing that day, he had to sit because he just had an operation on his knee, so he had to sit and give the talk. Uh, but one of the things Sam said, uh, he speaks in multiple places to lots of different people and often he speaks to families and parents uh, at schools. And he often starts his speech, uh, one of his talks, he starts off and he asks the people for them to tell, uh, tell him, what is the greatest desire you have for your children? What do you reckon their answer is? Greatest desire, you want your children to be happy. That's it. They say happiness. They say happiness is the big thing that they want, that children want. It's interesting, isn't it? We, I think we live in a culture where we're searching for things, aren't we? And some of the things that we're searching things, things that we think are going to satisfy, things that we're going to be the answer, are often happiness is one of them at the moment. Happiness is the goal of everyone. They just want to be happy. Uh, they want comfort. They want to be comfortable where they are. They want to seek pleasure. That pleasure is the answer. Why do you think we travel so much? Uh, it's pleasure. It's comfort. It's happiness. We do all these things, seeking these things. Uh, notice the television shows that we have these days. Uh, so many travel shows. So many renovate your house shows. So many relationship shows about finding happiness in someone else. In one sense, we're trying to find all these things to fill us, all these things to make us somehow satisfied, whole, or to find our salvation ultimately. And we're searching for all these things everywhere. Now, I don't know about you, you may have believed that Jesus is better, but you may also have slipped into finding and searching for some of these other things to fill that gap. All those things that are on that screen there, all those things people use to try and fill that hole, to find that satisfaction, to find that meaning, that purpose, that life, to find that saviour. They look at it in all these different places. Well, today I want to put before you that none of them, none of them work except Jesus. That Jesus is better. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, Jane's going to come up and read that for us. And I've got to think about that, Jane. We need a microphone for you. Does someone have... Dean, where did you put your microphone? Actually, not your one. Which is the one that's linked to mine? Not linked to mine. Steve-O. We'll have these little things we've got to work through as we... 
el libel. But we don't have a microphone thing that fits that. Can you hold it, James? You can be multi-talented. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you were taking your stand. By this gospel you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as one of one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effort. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then I was, it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. May the Lord add his blessing. Great passage, and we're not going to be able to dig into every bit of it today, but I wanted us to dig into just a couple of parts of it for us to see why Jesus is better. Because I want to, if you see on the outline on the back of your service sheets, there are three things I want to show why Jesus is better. Uh, one, because Jesus deals with our greatest uh, problem. Two, because uh, he transforms 
us and three, because he holds us. Uh, I want to work through those together with you today and just quickly work through them because uh, the kids have got uh, not as long a period out the back either, so <laughs> we need to be working with them. I don't know whether you know the situation in 1 Corinthians at the time when Paul writes to the church, but in, uh, in a little nutshell, basically what happens is this church has been established, but they've gone off on tangents. They've heard the good news of Jesus, but what they've done is they've just spread out into all these different little things that they've gone off into that are dragging them away from Jesus. And what that's doing is causing division amongst them and causing them to be ineffective for the gospel, ultimately. Uh, so they've gone off on a tangent that they've followed different types of people, Apollos or Paul or all those things, or they've gone off into tangents about whether what type of gifts are the best gifts or the only gifts or all the gifts. And they've gone off on all these different tangents and Paul wants to draw them back to the fact that we don't need to get caught up in those tangents, we need to stay with Jesus because Jesus is better. And 1 Corinthians 15, that chapter is where he pulls that back and he nails it in and he hones it in and he brings it back to the core, to what's most important and what we need to be on about most. And that is that Jesus is better. Uh, if you look down there in verse uh, 3 and 4, there's a great little summary. If you want to have a two-sentence summary of what the Bible is about, what the gospel is, it's there. Uh, Paul says, For what I received I passed on to you at first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That he was buried, he was raised on the third day, and according to the Scriptures, and that by the, sorry, and he appeared to Cephas or Peter and then to the Twelve. Great little summary, isn't it? For I received, I passed on you as first importance that Christ died for our sins. I wonder what you'd answer if I asked you the question, what is our biggest problem in the world today? Climate change, violence, domestic violence, could be a whole lot of things, wouldn't it? What about if I was asked you, what's your biggest problem today? Don't have a job, struggling with my partner, my wife, my husband, my spouse, or my not yet to be wife, husband, spouse, struggling with the friends around me. Well, the answer that Jesus gives to our biggest problem today, to the world's biggest problem, to your biggest problem, to my biggest problem, is sin. Did that come to your mind first? It's sin, because you see, what sin is, is that we want to live our life our way rather than God's way. Deciding that we know what's better than God does, and then we go and live it. And that is the breakdown in the whole of the world. That is our breakdown in nature, that is our breakdown in relationship, that's why the world is broken, because the world has decided, we have decided to live our lives our way and not God's way. And that impacts everything. That is the problem with the global warming. That's the problem with the broken world that we live in. It says the world groans because of sin. That's the problem with wars, because people are selfish and power, wanting power hungry, so they want to destroy and hurt others. That's the problem with relationship breakdowns, because we're selfish. Because we want what we want and what's for us, to make us happy, for our comfort, for our pleasure. That's the problem with our society in general, is because sin, it's the breakdown 
in people wanting to live life their way and not God's way. That's our biggest issue. That's the world's biggest issue. It's the biggest problem that everyone has, that you have, that I have. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come just to be a good role model. Jesus didn't just show us how to love. Jesus didn't just be the person that looked after the the, the poor and the depraved. Now, he did all those things. But he came to deal with our biggest problem because that's the biggest need of you and me and the world is to deal with sin. And that's what he did, didn't he? And the thing about that is that not only does it break relationships in the world that's broken, the worst thing about living our life our way and not God's way is it breaks our relationship with God and it hurts Him. Uh, This is from Psalm 51 verse 4. If anyone knows this psalm, it's a beautiful psalm about David after he's committed adultery, after he's killed Uriah, after he's caused all this mayhem and then he's confronted with all of that and he breaks down And he says this to God. He says, Against you only have I sinned and done this, evil in your sight, that you might be justified when you speak. What we do when we sin is we actually sin against God first and foremost. We hurt Him. Sometimes I think we just think about, don't we, how we hurt others or how it's broken over here and those sort of things. Don't get me wrong, they are terrible, but... First and foremost, we break our relationship with God. We hurt Him. I don't know whether you've ever heard of the illustration people have used, and I think I've used it in the past, illustration where uh, this judge was uh, walking down the street one day and he decided to go into this courtroom and become the judge. Uh, he was able to do that because the judge wasn't able to be there that day. He went into the judge's box and he stood there and a person came up a very poor person who'd had to steal something to be able to eat, uh, but she'd got caught and she stood there. The judge said, well, I have to pronounce this judgment on you. You have stolen it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk down out of the judge's seat and he came down and he paid it to the lady. And that's what Jesus does for us. He pays the price for us. But it's even deeper than that. Because the way the Bible puts it is, the person that's the judge has been the one that's been stolen against. So the judge has been the one that has actually had the wrong done by them. And God's had the wrong done by them. And even though that God's had the wrong done by him, he steps out and he comes down and he pays for that in Jesus. That's what happens at the cross. God lovingly sends Jesus to step in when we've sinned against him. How good is that? Phenomenal, isn't it? We don't deserve it. It's all grace. Jesus deals with that. He deals with that sin against himself in dying for you and I on the cross. He takes the punishment for us so that we can be made clean, so that we can have a right relationship with him and so we can seek to have right relationship with others. You see, what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? The greatest thing we can do is to love God with all our heart and love others as ourselves. The only way we can do that is when that sin is dealt with and it's dealt with by Jesus, then we can start to love God. 
and live for him. And we can start to love others because he empowers us to do that. See, Jesus is better, isn't he? Jesus is better than pleasure. Jesus is better than comfort. Jesus is better than happiness. Jesus is better than porn. Jesus is better than power. Jesus is better than money. Jesus is better than you name it. Because none of those things can deal with what we need most. What our need, what our world needs most. What you need most. What I need most. That's why Jesus is better. Now the great news is that we just have to trust in that and rest in that. That we can't save ourselves and we can't save others. Jesus does it. Both of those things. What we need to keep doing is pointing people to Jesus because Jesus is better than any saviour and Jesus is better than us. How's that for a revelation? We can't save anyone, guys. Can't do it. Jesus does it. But we can point people to Jesus we can show the love of Jesus. We can go out and share the love of Jesus. As we grow in the love of Jesus, we show go, don't we? That's how we do it, but we can only do it because he is better. Praise God for that. You see, that's why we're here, guys. Because Jesus is better. We don't want to ever be comfortable with that. We don't ever think that we've made it. We don't ever think that we've filled a building. Somehow we've made it. Because that's not the case, is it? People need to hear about Jesus. Because he's better. He's the best. Not only that, but he actually then empowers us to live that out too. This is a, he doesn't just say, okay, I've saved you now, it's up to you. But he actually empowers us to do that because he's still alive. Jesus isn't dead. He didn't stay in the grave. That's what the next part of the verse says, doesn't it? That he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus was not in the tomb. That song called Resurrecting that we've been singing, or we've sung once anyway, uh, and we'll keep singing, it says that it has been robbed. The grave has been robbed. He's not there. He's alive now, and he's alive, and he's with us. And he empowers us by his spirit to live that out. It's great news. We don't worship a dead saviour. We don't worship a saviour on the cross. We worship a risen saviour. Praise God for that. He's better, isn't he, than any of it. And you know, when we know that, when we understand that, then we know that we are loved. And when we know that we are loved by him, and we know that he's given us a spirit to empower us, then we can rest in that, and then we don't need anyone else's love to fulfill us. Now, don't get me wrong. It's nice when we're loved by other people, isn't it? But if we put our faith in the love of someone else to save us, to satisfy us, we're going to be disappointed going to fail and if we put our trust or our faith in the love of someone else then we're actually going to use them to get that we actually become selfish because we're not loving them just because we can love them we're loving them to be loved 
see the difference? See, Jesus is better because he frees us from wanting to use other people to satisfy us. That is transforming. And I'd love to say I've got it down pat. That's where we want to grow, don't we? As we grow more and more in love with Jesus and knowing that Jesus is better, then we become less and less dependent upon others to fulfil that for us and then we actually can seek to love them unconditionally for who they are. I reckon if I was ever going to get a tattoo, that would be it. I'm a wuss and I wouldn't have it. But that faith, hope and love, that's what Jesus is and he gives us all those things. When we have faith in him, we have hope and when we have hope in him, we are able to love. Jesus empowers us because he is better, because he is alive. And not only that, but he holds us into the future. Look what it says in the last couple of verses that we read. For Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And Jesus has got us in the past, in the present and the future. He holds it all together. He's got it all. We don't have to fear the future when we trust in Jesus. Uh, who knows this ad? Crim Safe. Uh, great ad, isn't it? Uh, very simple, but basically this uh, type of mesh, if you put it onto your door or your window, then criminals can't get in. If you've got this, then you're safe. Uh, it's a guarantee, they said. If you're not Crim Safe, you're not Crim Safe. If you've got Crim Safe, then you are Crim Safe. If you've got this up, you are safe. You've got it, it's a guarantee. Well, Jesus is our life safe, isn't he? If we've got Jesus, then we are safe. We are safe now. We are safe tomorrow. We're safe in a couple of years' time and we're safe for eternity in him. Because he's got it all, because he's raised from the dead and he's got our eternity in his hands. He holds it all and he holds us in that and when we have that, we don't have to fear. Sometimes knowing the future, you think that, okay, uh, once I know what's up ahead of me, then I'm, I'm safe. But actually sometimes it brings anxiety, doesn't it? Well, well I'm not sure how that's going to, what's going to happen? And so it, it can crowd in on us, can't it? And, and then anxiety comes in us because we don't know how it's going to all pan out. But the great news is, is when we put our trust in Jesus, we don't have to fear the future because he's got us. Whatever the future throws at us, he does not desert you. He's with you in it. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be happy, everything's going to be comfortable, everything's going to be pleasurable, but it does mean within all of it, he's got you. He knows the future and he's got you in that and he'll take you into eternity with him. That changes our perspective of how we live. We don't have to fear tomorrow. We don't have to fear our boss. We don't have to fear the relationships that we have down the track. We don't have to fear whether we're going to have enough money. We don't have to fear whether we're liked or not liked. We don't have to fear whether there's going to be a person who loves us or doesn't love us. We don't have to fear 
you name whatever it is that's in your future that you're worried about, we don't have to fear in Jesus. He's got us. Because he's better. Because he's alive. Because he empowers us by his spirit now and he holds us through all of that. He's better, isn't he? How much better is he? Uh, the kids' talk was a little bit on this as well, wasn't it? Uh, uh, it's phenomenal the whole amount of movies these days that have come out with different superheroes, the Avengers movies and all those other ones that are coming out. Uh, sometimes I think there's a reason more than just making money. Have you ever thought about it? They do make money <laughs> and a lot of money and the picture theatres are making a lot of money out of them. But I think it's because underneath every one of us, everyone in the world, there's a sense that this world is broken, that there is evil in the world, and we want a saviour. We want to be saved. And so the movie industry is tagged into that, and they put out all these movies about all these individuals who can save. Oh, they're getting a bit darker, aren't they? I think that's something because that's what's in us. We, we have this desire that we want something better than this, that this broken world isn't as good as it gets. We want to be saved. We don't want to fear the future. We don't want to... I've got this T-shirt at home. Can you hear that? It's a great T-shirt. It's got all these superheroes there and Jesus is there and he's chatting to them. He says, and that's how I Because I think the superheroes tag into a great desire we have. But Jesus is the only one who satisfies it. Because Jesus is better. Uh, when you go home, if you want to Google this song or YouTube it, it's called Jesus is Better. It's by a band called uh, from Austin Stone. It's got some great lines to it and I really want to just take up the last line in each one part of it because uh, I can't read it completely from here, I think. Uh, it says, In all my sorrows, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. In every victory, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Than any comfort, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. More than all riches, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Our souls declaring Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Because that's where we need to change, don't we, guys? You can hear it this morning. You can read it. You can say, I agree with you, Paul. But it's here that we need to transform and change, don't we? Lord, make our hearts believe that Jesus is better. Lord, please make our hearts believe that. Because if our hearts believe that, our lives will be transformed and our communities will be transformed because we'll be out there sharing that. We'll be living it and sharing it because we'll be convinced that Jesus is better than any comfort, any pleasure, any happiness, anything that's out there and people need to hear it and people need to know it and people will come to see that and come and put their trust in Jesus. That's why we're here, guys. We're not here in this bigger building, in this bigger place for the sake of us saying we can fill it. That's not why we're here. It's not so that we can say Evans Head Prezi is doing a great job. It's not that we can say that the, you know, we've got our great band up the front and we can now fit six singers up the front rather than 
two or three. <laughs> that is not why we're here. And we're not here just because this building is nice and the heaters are on and we can have air conditioning in the summer for our kids. That's not why we're here. We are here because we believe Jesus is better. And we want others to know that. We want others to see that. We want others to come into that and be part of that. We want to join with them. And if this building here or that building down there, wherever we meet on a Sunday, enables us to do it, that's what we're on about, guys. And we want to take that out of here. We don't want to just stay here. We want to take that out into our communities. I want to encourage you guys. Jesus is better. Do you believe it? Do you trust it? Do you want God to make you believe it? That's what we want to be praying, don't we, for each and every one of us. Make us believe, Lord, that Jesus is better. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just take a moment to allow that to sit. Take a moment, Lord, for your word and your spirit to hit our hearts and transform our hearts, Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll transform us from the inside out to be people who truly believe and trust and live as if Jesus is better, Lord. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' powerful, beautiful, wonderful name.